This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I have a sermon, but... It's not been the same in either service. So I just want to follow the Lord today, if that's okay. And so, uh, how many remember our spring series, Supernatural? Well, we had our spring series, Supernatural, and we had our summer series, All In. And and we're kind of wrapping those together to close that out today. Uh, We we ended All In last week, and then so uh, I want you to understand that in order to have the supernatural, there's something you've got to have. Okay? And this morning, God began to speak to me. And I don't know who you are in this place, but I believe God rearranged this message just for you. I'm tired of us believing the lies of the devil. I'm tired of us rehearsing the lies of the devil. He might have the right to say them, but we do not. Listen to me carefully. We do not have the right to rehearse them ourselves over and over again. And, and, and And I think God sent me with a special message about that. Today, So why don't we bow our heads and ask God to open the Word. Father, thank you for today. Lord, I don't know why you line up all things the way you do. This I do know. You're good. And your faithfulness extends to a thousand generations. And Lord, we have not received what we deserved, but we have received life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your goodness and your favor. Thank you for your blessings. And I ask you now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you will bless this time as you open your word to us. Let me get out of the way so that somehow we can hear what your word is speaking. In Jesus' name, amen. John chapter 6, verse number 1. I want to bring you this message on unleashing the supernatural in your life. Unleashing. Now look, I'm not after the supernatural. I'm not hungry for the supernatural. I'm hungry for more of God. But when you're hungry for God, you will experience supernatural moves. I wonder how many of you could say in some way God has supernaturally moved for you. Could I, I see your hand. Okay. Lot, the majority of you here, God wants to move for you. God wants to do something amazing. So let's figure out what components are necessary for that to happen. John chapter 6, verse number 1 reads like this. It says, sometime after this, notice this, Jesus crossed to the far side of the or far shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is the lake of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs that he had performed by healing the sick. Okay? So they were after what they wanted to see more of what Jesus could do. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and he sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover was near. Notice what this next verse says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, now notice to who? To Philip. Where shall we buy bread? Notice, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Now notice verse 6. He's just asked Philip a question. He asked this only to test him. Here's the key part I want you to see. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. I don't know if that excites you, but that excites me. 
that Jesus already had the supply in mind. That Jesus already had the miracle in mind. That Jesus already had what needed to be accomplished to take care of the situation in, in mind. Now, what we have to understand is we can't play the role of Jesus in this story, all right? We can't play the role of Jesus, but we have to find a way to put ourselves in the story somehow. All right? And there's several different characters here. The very first one we see is, is Philip. And Philip, uh, and it's Philip, there's Andrew, and then there's the young, the young boy, and then there's all the other people. But, but, but Philip, Jesus looks at him and says, all right, Philip, now tell me, how are we going to feed all these people? And, and Philip's response, I hope that's not who we are, but listen to what Philip's response is. And Philip's answered him and said, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Now, Jesus says, what are we going to do? But Jesus already has a plan in place. Now, let me me ask you one more time. How many are thankful for a God who has a plan in place for you? Amen. There's already a plan in place, but at this moment, they're all being tested. And he says, all right, what do we do? And Philip says, "There, there is not enough money around here. Even if we had a ton of money, we couldn't buy enough food to take care of this. What does Philip do? What does his response do? He qualifies the problem. He builds it bigger and bigger and bigger. He immediately says, this is a big deal. I know that you never do that. But I do. I look at the issues of my life and I qualify them. This is biggest the biggest battle I've had in a while. This is the biggest struggle I've had in a while. This is the darkest pit that I feel like I've been in a while. This is this, this is that. And I qualify, I kind of size it up. Or sometimes I'll say, well, that's not that big a deal. I fought worse than that. I qualify the problem. And immediately Philip says, I don't know how to deal with this one. And then suddenly, another of the disciples, and I hope we don't find ourselves here but I'm afraid we might. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Look at what he says, all right? He spoke up and he said, watch this, here is a, what's that word? Here is a, he immediately disqualifies the the young man. Now, Now think about this for a moment. He didn't say, here is someone. He didn't say, here's a man. He said, here is a boy. Did we find that somewhere else in Scripture? Danny just mentioned it, David, Goliath. He says, am I some kind of dog that you would send this boy out here to fight me? It's a derogatory term. It's not meant in a positive way. It's not meant to build up. It's not meant to encourage. He's saying he's not even a man yet. He doesn't have anything. He doesn't give him any quality. I thought about most of us would be looking for people with certain qualities, but he, he quickly disqualifies him. And, and I know none of us would ever be there if we're facing a struggle. We wouldn't qualify the struggle and immediately begin to disqualify ourselves. Or do we? Do we immediately begin to disqualify ourselves when we're facing a struggle? We spend all this time building up this problem, building up this problem. Did I dare say that some of your problems are not as big as you've made them out to be? But we build up this problem, and we build up this problem, and we build up this problem, and then suddenly we start tearing ourselves down, disqualifying ourselves. Here's a boy, and he's just a boy, and, he, and he's not anybody that, that can affect the, the answer to this situation. And, and you're going, Pastor, what does this have to do with me? Because I don't know how many times I've looked at my own life, and I'll say, you know what, God, I know this is a big deal, and I really want you to move, but I understand I've been sinning too much lately. Did I just hit anybody there? Or did it shock you the pastor said he has sin in his life? 
I begin to disqualify myself. I begin to talk about things that I've done in my past, and I begin to make those as excuses to why I can't overcome the problem. I begin to list the reasons why God could use somebody else, but he couldn't really use me because I've had this mistake, and I've had this anger problem, I've had this issue, I've, I've had this struggle, I, I went down this battle, and I begin to do that. And, and, and I'm assuming maybe you've done the same thing. I'm assuming that there are people that are listening to me today that, that maybe somehow, some way, you, you begin to list your disqualifying factors every time you have a problem. I know God can heal somebody else, but God can't heal me because I just I, I don't have enough this, and I'm not good enough, and I'm not strong enough, and I'm not rich enough, and and, and, and you don't understand, I, I caused this problem. Am I making sense to anybody? We immediately begin to disqualify. But can I remind you what the Word of God said? The Word of God said Jesus already knew what he wanted to do. Jesus already had the good in mind. Jesus already had the blessing in mind. I feel what I'm telling you today. I feel this down deep inside of who I am, that Jesus already knows what he wants to do for your good. He already knows how he wants to change your life, how he wants to work for you, how he wants to save your marriage, deliver your family, how he wants freedom to come to your house. But what he's looking for is somebody who will stop disqualifying themselves but and start qualifying who Jesus is. And when you start qualifying who Jesus is, instead of disqualifying yourself, Jesus can move. Amen. And here's the problem. Andrew keeps going. He says, he's just a boy. And look at, let's just, with what, five small loaves of bread. He doesn't even give his gift a credit. He immediately says, not only is he a boy, he comes up here with just five small loaves little loaves of bread, and watch this, and two, let me, let me just put that in Dawsonville phrase for those aren't even keepers. I'm imagining two brim, come on, those little ones that steal your bait, and they're like, that's not enough to do anything, and I want you to watch what he does next, it blows my mind, a boy Two small fish and two, watch this, two loaves. And then what does, uh, go back to that verse. What's the next one? But how far will this go among so many? What does he do? He disqualifies him, the boy. He disqualifies what he has. And he immediately builds back up the problem. This is not enough. There's no way this could, there's no way God could use you to do this. I don't know if I'm making sense to anybody today, but I feel God in what I've come to tell you. Do you know what Jesus does? I love this. This is what we ought to see, what Jesus does. I love what Jesus does here in this moment. Jesus does not even pay attention to the disqualifying statements because the, he already had something in mind. Can I dare to tell you that if you would believe Jesus and he, he would begin to work in you because you actually believe that he can work in you, then what you need to realize is he's not paying attention to your disqualifying statements. He's not paying attention to all those things because he has washed you clean by the blood of the Lamb. He knew you and He chose you. He died for you. He washed your sins away and He's wanting to use you because He has for you a better plan in place. I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, watch this, what does He say? He says, have the people sit down. I mean, I really think that's kind of the way He said. He doesn't even pay attention to the disqualifications. Have them sit down. 
So there it was, plenty of grass in that place, Scripture tells us. And, and they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had, watch this, when they had, what's that word? Well, hold on, not enough. What's that word? When they had all, all everyone present had received what they needed. Can I tell you today that the living God has a plan for everyone here? He already knows what He wants to do for you. He already knows how He wants to change your life. He already knows the blessings that He has in store for you. He already knows the favor that's laying out there for you. He already knows the help that you need and the joy that you need and the deliverance that you need and the strength that you need. He already knows it. If you'll stop disqualifying yourself and start getting into the point of what He's called you to do and believing in Him, then you will also understand what it means for all. Not to just have enough to eat, but there will be more because He said, gather up the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Dare I say, he's tired of you wasting your days. He's tired. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit in what I've come to tell you. I have a really good sermon, and I'm going to tell you the joy. When you don't preach the actual sermon you have, that means I don't have to study for next week. (laughs) But I feel this in my heart. I feel it in who I am today that God is tired of us disqualifying ourselves and not qualifying Him. And the problem is you can then qualify yourself too much, but instead of qualifying yourself or disqualifying yourself, why don't we find out the fact that Jesus is the one who really has the best and healthiest plan for our lives? And when we get our eyes on Jesus, everything can change. Let me tell you this, though. Uh, I'm trying to figure out this week where God's taking us with this. And, and I realized that we're talking about the supernatural miracles. And I was like, we just did that. And then I'm, I'm like, well, I, I thought I was done with all in. And then I realized how they all tied together. Because here's what I've realized. Anywhere there was a miracle in the Bible, there was a couple of common things. Now, look, miracles are not wasted. There's a need. There needs to be a need. If you have a need, let me just make this real plain. I don't know how to, I don't know if I can be more clear than this. My God can meet your need. There's a need. All right. And then what we see need and miracle. But in the middle between the need and the miracle, almost every miracle in the Bible, almost every single one, watch this, needed someone who was willing to go all in. It needed someone who was willing to go all in. And, and I want you to get this today. I forgot to say this in the last service. I want you to get this. God chooses to work through us, but people who are willing to go all in are going to live in the supernatural. And I thought about the examples through the Bible. Over and over again, how many people had to be willing to go all in to get their miracles? I, I thought about Moses. Now Moses... Moses is, it has one of the most supernatural lives in, in the Scripture. I mean, he sees a burning bush. He's, he's, he's rescued as a baby from the waters. And I thought about how miserable that, that could have been for that poor baby. 
He, I mean, imagine putting him down in that little hot little ark, pushing him out in the reeds. The water's hot. It's a, it's a climate like we've been living in. And, and, and I thought, how many times had he screamed and screamed and screamed over those days that he was in that, that little ark on the water? And I, I thought about my little Jonah, my, my new grandson. I thought about, you know what? I, I can only imagine the, the blood-curdling cries that he would be giving because he's at that stage to where you have to hold him just right. If you don't put him on the right angle, that he makes noises that are not good. The other day, they made a mistake and left him with Grandpa. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying. They had to run to the store for something. They will be right back. And I, I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there, and, and this won't do, and this won't do, and this won't do. So I'm doing this. And, I, and, and that's not enough. So I'm having to do this. <laughs> for 30 minutes. I looked at him, I said, I said, son, if you keep coming to say, Grandpa, Grandpa's going to finally lose some weight. Come on now, amen. <laughs> and Grandma was sitting there enjoying watching me have to work out. I thought about that little baby in that ark. It had not been good. He was drawn from the water. He was by Pharaoh's family member. He's lifted up to be the, one of the rulers of Egypt. He get, takes things in his own hands. He ends up uh, literally uh, committing a murder. And as he commits this murder, uh, uh, he has to flee for his life. After he flees for his life, he's living in the desert. He hears a bush burning and God says, look, I want you to go back. And he's like, Lord, you don't understand. If I go back, they'll kill me. And he said, no, I'm going with you. Can I tell you that the very thing that you've been running from might be the very thing that God wanted to use for your greatest glory. Amen. Listen to me carefully. He goes back. He turns the water to blood. He calls forth the plagues of all kinds upon the land. He, the people are delivered. He stands before the Red Sea and he lifts up that rod and the waters are parted. Can I tell you that none of that would have happened if he wasn't willing to give it all? And you can't tap into what God has in store for you until you get committed to Him. I know this is a simple message today, but listen to me. Listen to me carefully. God's looking for someone who's willing to go all in. This boy, he didn't, he didn't have to offer his life. Maybe we can find ourselves in the boy in the story of today's text. He didn't have to offer his life. All he had to do was offer his lunch. I mean, you're thinking, not that big deal, right? Well, let me just tell you, have you ever tried to get a 9 or 10-year-old to split anything with you? <laughs> Charlie goes to split something up, and I'm like, you want to cut it? And, and I'll get a sliver, and he enjoys himself. But better than that, I want you to notice what the Scripture says. It says there were 5,000 men there, right? 5,000 men. And go to figure, if there were 5,000 men, some were single, but there were probably a few more women uh, that were there single as well. So let's just say there are 5,000 men, and there's, let's just say there's 5,000 women. And if there's 5,000 men and 5,000 women, we might be able to speculate there could be as many as eight to 10,000 children. Wow. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment in an entrepreneurial mindset. You are the only joker with 20,000 people with lunch. <laughs> Think about it. You can name your price. It's called supply and demand. And I can tell you these husbands were willing to pay for it. Because I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just to talk to the men for a moment. But, but I have found of the females in my family, there is a condition. 
that if you don't feed them on time, that she might look sweet, but she turns into the Hulk. I'm telling you. <laughs> we were in Amish country one time. Have you ever been to Amish country? You eat in Amish country, right? I'm looking at people. You've been there? You eat. Amish country has the best food like anywhere. What do you do in your Amish country? You go to an Amish restaurant. You go to the Amish breakfast. Anyways, we need to hurry. <laughs> but uh, uh, we're in Amish country. I'm so excited. I'm like, we're going. I found the restaurant. I've already been searching. It's like number one Amish breakfast buffet in the world. And I'm like, we're going. It's an hour away. And she looks at me and goes, you're not driving an hour for breakfast. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you feed me? And I started seeing the green popping out. <laughs> and you feed me now. We went to a Denny's. The whole time I'm thinking about hot biscuits with, with apple jam. Come on now, you know. And I'm, I mean, I was so mad. I was like, Ooh. Hulk was coming out here too. <laughs> But I can only imagine, and I, I'm gonna try. I know that's silly, but I want you to put you into perspective on this day. This boy has the only food around, and some woman's turning green over there. Her kids are screaming, and she looks at her husband and says, "I don't care what it costs. You get those two fish and a little bit of bread. I want it. I want it now." And the woman beside her hears the same thing. She looks at her husband and says, "You better not let him get it." I want you to get the perspective. The kid didn't have to give his lunch. He could have set himself up for weeks, if not months, by selling his lunch. But instead, he took what he had and he offered it to Jesus. And he went all in, not thinking about himself. Maybe the reason we're not unlocking what God has planned for us is we've spent too much time trying to fix our own problems and not focused on Jesus enough. Now, I'm not going to preach a ton longer, but I want to share just a couple of other things with you. Listen to me. Sometimes we're so determined on how we have to fix things, we miss what God's up to. Some of you are trying to fix your family. You're not going to fix it. You need to, get, you need to know Jesus is what needs to happen. You need to fall in love with Jesus more and more. But listen to me. There was a woman by the name of Chai Ling. And Chai Ling, she still lives today. Chai Ling, in 1989, she was the supreme commander of the student revolution in Tiananmen Square. So as the tanks roll in, they quickly eva uh, evacuated Chai Ling from the square because she would have been executed as a, uh, as a state traitor. And they, they took her and, and they put her in a five-by-five -five crate and shipped her for 105 hours, feeling like she was smothering to death, out of the country of China. She arrives here in asylum here in the United States, eventually marries a man, and she says this. She said, the moment I landed in the United States, I had one goal in mind, one goal. It was save China. She says, my whole life was save China. She said, I married, and for the first 12 and a half years of my marriage and life here in America, I did everything I could to save China. And she said, then one day, somebody told me about Jesus and the plan he had for China and the plan he had for me, and I surrendered my life to Christ. And she said, not only did I realize at that moment that I needed Jesus, she said, I realized that Jesus was the only answer for my nation, that it would not be won in some kind of revolution, that it would not be changed in some kind of a, a student movement, that the only hope for my nation was Jesus. And she said, the only hope for any nation is Jesus because he's not concerned about a nation, but he's concerned about the people of that nation. And she said, what every one of us need is to be all in for Jesus Christ. 
Now, I tell you what began to happen as a result of those people like Chai Ling who came to Christ. A movement began, a movement that is rapidly increasing every single day to the point by the year 2030, the United States of America will no longer be the largest Christian nation on the planet. By the year 2030, China will be the predominant Christian force on the planet because God is doing something. Let me, t- let me explain that to you. I, they're having one-third... Uh, roughly one-third of our nation saved every single year in China. 91 million people are being saved every single year in China. Let me just tell you, they're not responding well to it. They're not liking it. Why? Because they don't want the change that Jesus is bringing to take away the powers of darkness. But that, that small little group of persecuted Christians who are still being run from their homes, thrown in prison, and executed have gone all in. And because they've gone all in, it's changed the nation to the point that 250,000, 91 million is 250,000 people every single day are bowing their knees and turning away from paganism of the past and giving their hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. Pastor Don, what does this have to do with me and a boy and his lunch? It has to do with this fact that the only hope for America is not in a president, it's not in an electorate, it's not in some kind of system of this nation. It's in the fact that if we, the people of the living God, will sell out 100% and go all in for Jesus Christ, revival can come to this land, hope can return to this land, and God can still do something great even here. He's looking Not for people who will talk about what was, but for young people that will arise and talk about what God can do for those who sell out to Jesus Christ. I believe in what God can do through a people who are sold out wholly to Him. I did not end the other services this way, but I'm closing now. And I will say this. This week, my wife and I, we celebrated... For us, what, what was a tremendous blessing. Just, just not going to give the details of that, but just uh, uh, as God just took some financial situation and, and just turned it around. God blessed in our family through a dream that Christina has. And I rejoiced all week. But I'll never forget 25 and a half or years ago probably that man on the back row right over there and I sat down and we had a conversation he said do you really want to quit your job and come to work at the church I should have probably listened to your wisdom but I know that I'd heard from God and I walked away from my job I came to work here newlyweds had an unbelievable salary $226 a month it cost us everything but when we needed something we got what we could not get on our own When we couldn't get a home, God spoke, and we got a home. When they wouldn't give us a vehicle to drive the young people and the 
people of the school and the church around for ministry, God made a way. All because we said we will give it all to follow. And I don't think we've lacked at all. As a matter of fact, if you look at me, you'll know there's been no lack. I don't know what it is God's asking you to give. Now, I'm not taking an offering in this church at this moment. But is, is he calling you? I see a young man in front of me who, who, who came and gave up so much to serve for nothing. Nothing. But he's never lacked. And when they told them they couldn't have a home, God gave them a home. And I can tell you stories all around this room of people that have followed him to the ends of the earth. And he's never let you down. He's never, even when the enemy thought you were out, he took care of you. Listen to what I've come to tell you. There is a plan for your good. The door that unlocks that is the heart condition to say, I'm tired of playing games. I'm going all in for Jesus. Now, you may not have to walk away from your job. You may not have to move to some place. It could simply mean for you, you actually believe the word that you've been reading. It could mean that God tells you to do something for someone you don't want to do. I, God told me one time to give somebody something and I didn't want to give it to them. I, I didn't, they, and they didn't do right with what I gave them. But I obeyed God and God turned it around and compounded it for my good. I don't know what your all in is. But Jesus wants it. Because he already has a plan in place for you. There's better than what you can do for yourself. Stand with me. Well, that's three different messages on one Sunday. Lord, I don't know who and what you're doing, but I know you're doing something in someone this morning. You're telling them to trust. We don't want to be Philip who magnifies the problem. We don't want to be Andrew who disqualifies everything about the miracle. Lord, we want to be like this boy who said, I may not have much, but all I have, I'll put it in the hands of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to understand it's not what you don't have that Jesus wants. It's not what, what Jesus, Jesus wants if everything worked out for your good, you won this or you finally got this. No, Jesus wants you right where you are, right how you are, right at the level of qualification you are now to put it all in his hands and he'll prepare you for what's in store. Nobody looking around, everyone praying. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I know exactly what it feels like to feel disqualified because I, I'm associating with that part. I know exactly. Can I see your hands if that's you? Hands all over this place. Put those down. Father, you see these hands. 
And I ask you, Lord, not only to speak to their hearts right now as we're, we're finishing this service, but God, I thank you. You're beginning to show them who they are in you. Maybe you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I know that I, I know that God has a plan for me, but I've been building up my problems bigger than my praise of a God who can move from me. Can I see your hands if that's you? Hands all over this place. I declare to you there is no God like our God. There is no rock like our rock. He is a strong tower, an ever-present help in our day of trouble. He is a faithful friend. He is a good father. And he loves you more than you can imagine. Father, for those that feel disqualified and for those who have confessed that they have been giving too much credit to their problem, I ask you this. Reveal yourself to them afresh and anew. For as they go all in for you, I ask you that the need will be met and it will be obvious that it was caused by the hand of a supernatural father who delivers. In Jesus' name, amen. How many are thankful for a good father today? Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.